We are live, pressing record here on July 4th, 2022. Do you like my dress? I love your dress. I intentionally wore white, blue, and red. Red, white, and blue for the 4th of July? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to show how patriotic I am. That's nice. That's lovely. Because I love you. I just realized, I just found out that people in Vietnam, they actually... They celebrate it? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Why? Saturday and Sunday, Musan rule. But they cater to foreigners, so it makes sense that they would do that. Yeah, but you know how Southeast Asians are. They celebrate all sort of holidays. And even Christmas, they do it better than people in America. And you ask them, so you're a Christian? No. Why are you doing it? I <laughs> just, it's an American thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because 50 years ago, uh, America and Vietnam, well, certain parts of Vietnam had very bad relationships. And now here in Hanoi, which was once, uh, uh, the, I guess, considered enemy territory, according to Americans, <clears throat> They, uh, they're, they're, I don't, I wouldn't say that they are warm to Americans, but they're certainly tolerant of them. There's, I haven't sensed any animosity, mm. not, not, nothing, you know, nothing that would be out of the ordinary. I mean, every place has people that are jerks. Vietnam is no exception, but I haven't sensed any, uh, just outright prejudice against me because I'm an American. There, I've met people who are just not very pleasant people, but I don't think, I think they're just that way, whether I'm an American or not. So anyhow, here on the July 4th, 2022, we are celebrating by feasting on pistachios. <laughs> and peach. <laughs> and a peach. And the power went out while I was working and Sana was working. And now we're waiting for the power to come back on. And I said, sweetness, we need to put the microphone in that iPhone and record a podcast because our listeners expect it from us. They have very exacting standards, and we must fulfill those standards, which we do by feasting on pistachios while we record. Right. And I, told, and I told Honey in this podcast, before we get into down to the business, serious stuff, you have to sing your national anthem <laughs> by placing your right arm and hand on your left side, basically okay. on your heart. On my heart? Yeah. And sing the national anthem? Yes. Are you ready? No. Are you guys ready? Nope. Why? You want me to sing the national anthem? Yeah. <clears throat> Why? The national anthem actually has nothing to do with July 4th, believe it or not. Okay, so play a trumpet. Well... Uh, what am I, a circus me, monkey? Okay, let me tell the audience. Give them a heads up. Okay, give them uh, a heads so up. So, James, anything I say, he will say no first, <laughs> but then he will do exactly what I ask him. I don't see that happening. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think so. Exactly. No. Like, for example, honey, do you want a glass of water? Nope. And then I look at him, and he's like reading a book, and one of his eyes goes a little bit tilted over to see what I'm doing and it's like honey can you give me a glass of water <laughs> it's not what, like what's 30 wrong with seconds that? what's wrong with that 
I mean, in that moment, I didn't want a glass of water. So after thirty seconds, you need. It's not thirty. Okay. Well, in that moment, I want a glass of water. Okay. So perhaps by you asking if I want a glass of water, even though in that moment I don't want a glass of water, forty、uh, seconds later, I think you know, I think I could have a glass of water. Or I will say, and honey, since my wife is standing next to the refrigerator, I'll ask her to pour me a glass of water. Right. Or、uh, for example, we're watching a movie, and then I ask before we start watching a movie, I ask him, "Do you want a drink? Do you want iced tea? Do you want chips? Do you want、um, Cheetos and stuff like that? Do you want with yogurt or without?" And he's like, "Nope, nope, nope." And he's waiting. He Again, has this attitude、yes. of like, when are you gonna come and sit down and watch the、mm, series with me? Again. And then I bring everything for me before I even put my hand into the chips and、okay. yogurt and Cheetos. Half of it is gone. And guess、Again. what? Who guess、okay. guess who finished it? Master James Newcomb. A farmer doesn't plant seeds and get upset when they don't sprout when he wants them to. I ask. You are planting you seeds. Ask, of, you shall receive. Should I have Cheetos? You're planting a seed to have water, essential nourishment for life. You actually, you remember first time I asked you, do you like Cheetos? You said no, I don't like Cheetos. But every time I buy Cheetos, and then、uh, the next day I go to the cupboard to find it, it's basically vanished. <laughs> <laughs> That is somewhat true. I don't know if our listeners really want to hear us have our fights. I, I I doubt it. But it could be like us, like they're saying, "No, I don't want to hear this," but they secretly want. Okay,、them. let me tell you guys why we always have our discussions here. Because if it's not on the podcast, I don't get any chance to talk. This is my golden <laughs> golden buzzer. <laughs> Your golden buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to get serious now and share something of value.、Oh. For our listeners, wow, you、sweetheart. look very nice. You smile. You、Thank、treat you. me with respect. <laughs> well, because James doesn't want you guys thinking, doesn't disrespect me. All right. Anyhow, anyhow. <laughs> okay. So, what are you going to talk about today, honey? What I have in mind to talk about today, baby. Oh, love of my life. <coughs> my reason for being. James called me baby. <laughs> I, have, I, I came across this this quote. I'm reading a, a book by、uh, Troy Broussard. I subscribe to his uh, uh, program called Memoirs of Mastery. He's a very successful entrepreneur, very successful businessman, and、uh, I've learned a lot from him over the last year and a half or so. Subscribing to his、uh, his content, his book, month, monthly book, and audio content, and I've learned a lot from the guy, and he、uh, <coughs> wrote.、Um, it's called the, the Owner's Manual. It's the Memoirs of Mastery Owner's Manual. Memoirs of Mastery is the name of the、uh, the continuity program that he offers. And I was reading this Owner's Manual, and it's on page thirty. And I just came across this, and I thought this is this is really good, and it's worth sharing for those of those of you listening, as as well as myself and Sana. And it is、um, two critical traits of leadership. Two critical leadership traits. Number one: always be willing to do more than you ask of those that follow you. Number two: 
Always demand more from yourself than any, than any other person would dare ask of you. I thought that was really good. Always be willing to do more than you ask of those that follow you. Always demand more from yourself than any other person would dare ask of you. I thought that was, that was really good. I, just, I, I was just reading it today. Uh, I, I was working and power went out, so I can't work on the computer. I, there was the book right there, and I picked it up, and there, there it was. Interesting fodder for our podcast. So what, what do you admire in a leader? Um, a lot of people measure a good leadership by how many followers they've got. But I think that's a wrong... Uh, well, how do you define a follower? Because there's Instagram followers, that doesn't make you a leader. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, I don't think if you have a lot of friends on your Facebook list or a lot of followers on the Instagram, says that you are doing something right. Mm-hmm. You could have been doing something wrong and people just want to experience it. Hmm. So they are not doing the same mistake or the same thing in their life. But if you look at it in the organizational business organization context. I think a good leader is somebody who bring about change throughout different timing, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that everyone else will not feel that they're obliged to, you know, Hmm. comply with the changes that is happening. That's one thing. Second is no matter how busy the leader is and they have to be the ones who give the explicit statements in the organization, they are the ones who also take time to um, sit down on a chair beso- beside you and just have a five-minute chat. You know, um, just as simple as I'm always on the air, I, am, I have a big organization to run, 100,000 people working, <coughs> And sometimes people come in and go and I don't even know who are my own staff and employee. So I thought I'm walking through the company, just saw you. I want to sit with you and ask your name, what you're doing, are you happy or not? Because a lot of employees in the organization, um, they are not there because of money nor because it's their passion to work in. They are there because they feel appreciated and their hard work is being recognized. Mm -hmm. So... That makes them a good leader to just give a tap on their shoulder and say, well done. Mm -hmm. I don't know who you are. I know you're working for me. And I know what you're doing is adding value to my business. I appreciate that. Right. You know, or some good leaders that I have seen in some organizational work was that they materialize their appreciation through money, bonus, not only words. So even though they are the kind that you would never find them in the organizational chart. You know their name is there. But they take time, um, once a month or whatever, to recognize a very good employee and just shower them with blessings. Materially, not materially, anyhow. I think a good leader also is somebody who walk the talk and take action. Right. Because I have also seen a lot of leaders who talk, they're very good communicators. 
they use the best English language and words that is required for a specific, you know, meeting or gathering or whatever. But if you look deeply into their life and the way they conduct their business, you never see that portrays through their action. Hmm. But most of the top 100 successful multinational corporations, if you look at it, uh, it always comes from the top level. The leader, CEO, or the founder, they're the ones who are ready all the time to roll their sleeves up and do the dirty work Mm -hmm. and face their company and their employees and say, you know what, I am with you. I'm not here just to throw your uh, job task and uh, just depend on you. If you are working, I will work with you shoulder to shoulder. We are in this together. Hmm. The power and synergy of teamwork mm-hmm. uh, brought by a leader in an organization make the leader a um, you know, powerful person too. Yes, I, I like what you're saying. And in my experience, I, I think that I have seen more examples of poor or absent leadership than I have seen strong and present leadership. Uh, I, my, when I was in the, <clears throat> the army, the first time was right out of high school. I was 18. And then another time I, was, I had been uh, out of the military for about 10 years and went back in. And uh, the difference between... I think the second time I was just more aware. I was just I had just been around the block a couple of times, had seen the world a bit, had some life experience that I didn't have the first time. I was green as you can get the first time. The second time, I was more aware of myself, my surroundings, of what good leadership is, what it is not. I had seen I had witnessed very strong leadership and uh I'm sad to say that in the military, I just didn't see it very often. I know that the the military often gets uh, lauded in the press and popular culture as being this uh, the ba- this bastion of you know camaraderie and great leadership, and they they get a lot of good press in that regard. That wasn't my experience, and I'm not saying I'm not saying this because I, I'm trying to bash the military. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this was my experience. Right, you're right. You're talking about bureaucracy. Yeah, because the bureaucracy level at the government and politics level is very different from the bureaucracy level and, and, and the yeah, social. And, and what I'm getting at is, there were people. I, I came to realize that there were people who were placed in positions of leadership, but they were not leaders. They were bureaucrats. They were good at filling out forms. They were good at uh, looking at like. <clears throat> it may not be a literal sheet of paper, but you have you. you check this box, he checks this box, he checked this box, and now you qualify to get to the next rank. And it, it, and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with being a strong leader. In, in, many, in many instances, it didn't have anything to do with being a strong leader as much as uh, just showing up and doing your work, which is fine. I'm not, I think that that's admirable in its own right. And that shows leadership in and of itself. But they were not charismatic. They didn't inspire a vision of anything that can be better. It was, let's just keep the trains running. Let's just keep what we've got. Just just keep it going. 
and that's fine. And I'm not, I'm, I'm again, I'm not bashing that uh, anything like the military or anything. This is my observation and what I've come to know or understand as being strong leadership. But a strong leader is one who has charisma, is one who has integrity, moral courage, and is one who can inspire a vision in people that follow them to not beat them over the head to get something done, but inspire a vision of what can be done, at what can be possible, and then empower them to just go out and do it. Use your own intuition, your own uh, creativity, do it. Under proper oversight and within proper uh, you know, uh, uh, channels, for the lack of a better term. But just that's how I've come to understand is strong leadership, is you inspire what's possible. Something that is beyond what we think is possible now. And then you give them the, the moral courage to go out and do it. That's the word, inspire. Mm. You see, I'm not saying your example <coughs> is wrong here. Mm -hmm. You are talking about army. You're yeah. right. In army, you are given position as commander, leader, manager, in their own terms, of army terms. I'm not quite sure what they are. But when you are part of an army, you have to remember, it's not like you are chosen part of a board of directors and given autonomy to make decisions and delegate tasks to your soldiers and lieutenants and small people. Because whatever army people do, if impact and affect the whole nation as a, you know, right. there are higher degree of people like president and his, you know, um, allies, not allies, um, what do you call them? Not senators. What are they? MPs. MPs? Yeah, ministers and... Ministers of Parliament. Yeah. In or, America, it would be congressmen. Oh, congressmen. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because in my country, it's yeah, MPs. So they want, they come in with... They are all, all highly educated. They have management and leadership qualities that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. But they do not have the autonomy to make decisions on their post because they have to follow what they are commanded to do. Yeah. Right. So they carry out the task as they are told. Why they are put in a position, then you might ask, because you're talking about the whole country, right? Yeah. Population. Right. They have to have these people as a smaller leaders who can carry out that. So they are not the visionary leader of a nation. The visionary leader is the president and his, you know, mm -hmm. people who work in his system. Right. And everyone else you see in your Congress, mm -hmm. they all have to follow him. If they don't, the consequences are not going to be that, oh, I'm going to cut one month of your salary or you're going to get fired. They're going to be bigger. Right. Right. So your example is very good, but it's a little bit too far from what we are talking about. So mm -hmm. and my grandfather, my mom's father used to say, Governments and us, we live in two different planets. Mm -hmm. Always close your eyes and see two globe. They are there, we are here, don't get involved. Always follow them, what they are doing, what they are, what kind of resources <coughs> they are providing at a given time. Mm -hmm. Be smart to use your brain and take those resources and multiply it for yourself and survive in the war. So their leadership is different. I think we should get back to our world. Okay. Maximum people, like me and you. Right. 
I hear you talking about politicians being leaders, and I think that that is a bit of a misnomer. I think that that is a bit uh, misleading to refer to politicians as leaders. I think that they they have to have leadership qualities, but someone that is elected to the House of Representatives from the state where I currently reside, Virginia, how is he my leader? He doesn't. He or she doesn't doesn't lead me in any way. Maybe maybe by setting an example of some sort, perhaps they might be. But that's not right, honey. Why? For example, your senator in Virginia. Yeah. I don't know who this person is. Right. Okay. Right. Because I don't live there. Mm-hmm. Some of that's why I'm saying you're talking about a very big context, mm. and that's why a lot of people they're always against their government, like my country. I have, I have a lot of people who live in my country, and I don't want to talk about America because I don't live there. It's not right for me to give any, uh, you know, judgment or even analyze. It. I'm talking about myself. A lot of people in my country, they say, "Oh, you live, you don't live here." And that's why you're supporting the government. And I tell them, how can you say that? I am good to be stoned if I come back right now. Okay? According to the constitution, because it is uh, run by the new regime, and the new regime decided that politics and religion should go hand to hand. And they, and they tell me, then you're a hypocrite. So you're just talking because... You want to show yourself as a supporter of Iranian government. And I'm like, that's not true. I read and I try to analyze in the history what is happening. Right now, the healthcare system that you're getting, all these riches that are in our land and then they're not still opened because government is, they don't want to touch it, is because they don't want people from outside to come and make you slave. You are hungry right now. You cannot pay even for one kilo of, for example, meat. And you're saying, why don't you open up the natural gas that veil this veil and start selling? Because if they do it, all those people who want to take pieces of our land will take these wells and you will not have any money from sale of this oil in your account. It will go to their banks, you know? Right. Forget about if you are Baha'i, you're Jew in Iran or you're whatever. I think you should look at it in the very, you know, bigger. So <clears throat> many people see the action of government and they curse them in Iran saying that, oh, look at them. They cannot even negotiate. And they're doing it for their own benefit. But I see it on the other side. I ask my friend, do you want the eight years Iran-Iraq war? Do you want America to come and tell Afghanistan from this side and Iraq from this side? I will provide you with guns and everything. Attack Iran. We will share all the resources together. Do you want this to happen? Do you remember how many families till today? Their 14-year-old sons. Everybody was below 15. They died. South of Iran, because U.S. gave chemical bomb to Iraq, he dropped it lavishly because it was not theirs. We cannot even give birth to a normal human child. And government have to stop and move them. It's like a movie. Move the whole population from south to live in the north, free housing. They were building small houses for everybody. Because in in a matter of two months, the kids were born like a cushion. A cushion that has heartbeat. And they have to kill them. Like a mass murder of some life, you know. And all the scientists said it's a 
chemical bomb, it will the reactor, the reaction on the soil will remain for years to come. You have to move the population um, because the population was de- decreasing. Nobody wants to uh, bear children. Nobody wants to get married. Everybody was scared. So everybody have to move. But people don't see those, you see. Maybe they are right because I'm outside, I'm more relaxed and I have peace of mind. I look from outside and I see these leaderships they are implementing actually have some positive impact in my individual person's life. You see? So there are things happening that you don't see. Like in Virginia Beach, you said that uh, there was a construction on the beach, right? They were expanding the beach. Right. Why? If you expand the beach, you have more opportunity to do events, more opportunity for kids to run around, to do some beach sport activity, or some vendors to come and start selling food, souvenir. A lot of people might see we can have a homestay built, you know. And when they do that, they are actually circulating the currency. Many more people come, a lot of businesses start generating money, it goes to the bank, and it's called multiplier impact. So that means a foreigner comes, spends some money on that beach, it goes to the uh, restaurant, the restaurant, in order to create one plate of food, have to go to farmer, go to plastic company, I don't know, drink, food, beverage, so many in the chain of, um, you know, uh, production involved who will be blessed with at least a cent, right? And they take those, put it in their business and multiply it. Mm-hmm. It's called multiplier effect. So only one change, changing the beach to expand even one square meter more, so many people will have more money in their bank account. But who will understand this? A lot of Americans would have, would have cursed the Virginia mayor saying they spent billions of dollars. I don't know. They have made so much of noise pollution, a lot of river or um, fish, you know, everything. Of course, when you're expanding or changing infrastructure, infrastructure, uh, some natural habitat might be destroyed. And there are some positive and good side of it, right? Positive and some bad side of it as well. So there are things that a lot of people, maybe they are not educated, cannot see it. Right, and for those who are educated and they see the benefit of all these changes, even if no matter how loud they preach out, if you are in a country like America <laughs> that you say land of free, land of brave, everybody just have a flag saying that and say, oh, don't even criticize me, don't even say anything. So how are you going to educate these people? The very first thing is <coughs> you have to change this mentality of you are in the free land. Okay. You have to have some rule. And the mayor have to come and, you know, educate the society. I think the best thing is to educate the society and then have their support. Because when the society around those, you know, community get involved, they will also see the benefit of the leadership he or she is showing to that state. Well, Shana, you're talking about like... A lot of things. Well, yeah, you're talking about a lot of things. What I'm saying is that there, there are... To think of politicians as leaders... Isn't I don't think that that's entirely accurate. Sure, they have to show leadership at times, but the mayor of Virginia Beach, how is he my leader? He or she? He's not my leader. I don't. He. I don't have to obey his commands, unless unless it's a lawful order, somehow. 
I mean, what what lawful? Why, order? why should it be a lawful what order? What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, what what lawful order does a, a mayor of the town where I live? That's why I'm saying he has to educate the society what about saying, his actions. What I'm saying, yes, okay. So that he needs to have leadership. He has to inspire a vision of how expanding the beach can benefit the community. Mm-hmm. But he can't just say, "We're going to expand the beach." I'm the mayor, and that's final. So let it be written. So let it be done. Mm. That may work here in Vietnam, or maybe it doesn't. I don't know how politics work here. But you're right. They can't. They, you, you can't just be a dictator. You have to inspire <clears throat> that of what's possible. Give the pros and cons, and uh, and then make the best decision. Well, anyway, we we were actually going to talk about something completely different. But we can make that a different podcast. Yeah. But we ended up talking about leadership. It was interesting. It was mm. fun. Good. Yeah. So that the part that I talk about is mm-hmm. leadership at governmental level. Yeah. But I think one thing that often gets overlooked is we always look to these politicians, the president, the congressmen, senators, governors, whatever. They say they're they're the leaders. <clears throat> but what we really need is leadership. Not, not at the political level, but we need leadership in the home. We need leadership in our businesses. You want to talk about a segment of society that's lacking in leadership? How about we start at the home? How many fathers are are like children, and they basically want to be friends with their children, and it's just you have confusion. Children don't need friends. They have they have friends their age. They don't need their father to be their buddy. They need their father to be their father. They need their father to be a leader. Say, this is how you live. Kid, you don't do that. Son, we don't act that way. That's what they need. They can have their validation from their friends with getting uh, high scores on their video games. Give the, Let them have the, that validation. But the, give them the security of having the parameters. The this is this is these these are the boundaries for life. And if I cross this boundary, there's going to be consequences. That's leadership. But there's also wise leadership. You you, you can't be a, a dictator as a father. You have to uh, say, son, this isn't. If, if you do that, there are going to be consequences. But honey, in organization, you have different level of uh, leadership. Right. Every leader can be a very, uh, you know, sociable and very kind-hearted and giving. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we need him to be a dictator at times. At times. So, yeah. Yeah. There, there are times where someone in a position of leadership just has to say, this is the way it is. I'm sorry you don't like it. But with all due respect, we have to move forward with this. This is the decision. Mm-hmm. But often, but many times, uh, a wise and savvy leader will get as much input as possible from the people that he is leading, he or she is leading, and uh, make them as involved in the process as possible. Right. I personally think you don't really have to be a dictator as a leader because um, when I was working in industry and I was a manager. Um, I never had to punish anybody or force anybody to get some work for me done. Um, for me, I believe just loving them is enough 
they can even go extra mile if you don't ask them to do mm -hmm. to make sure whatever task you ask them is done to the perfection I experienced that way when I was in the manager or role in the organization right well this has been a good conversation I'm glad we had this anyhow we are James and Sana you can find us on the web at well the name of this show is Bavushtan and the URL that I want you to remember to find us on the web is voshdan.com, V-O-J-D-A-A-N, voshdan.com. That will take you to a special place that we have on the web dedicated to the website. You can subscribe to our email list. Follow us uh, via email. We send emails often. Not as often as I, as I would like. I need to get back on the horse with that, but... Uh, no better way to get back on the horse than just do it, right? Anyhow, we are James and Sana. Find us on the web at voshtan.com. We appreciate you pressing play, and we will be in your earballs soon.